You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. Good morning, everyone. It's, it's lovely to see you all. Um, sorry to interrupt your conversations, which obviously do carry on later. So those of you who don't know me, I'm Sarah. I'm one of the um, church, I suppose, um, one of the church congregation, I'm not sure what you'd call it, here. I've been for a couple of years, along with my husband and my two um, nearly grown-up children. So I've been asked to speak today on anger. Um, we're in Proverbs, aren't we? We're in the book of, of wisdom, really, full of sayings that give us guidance, that give us instructions on how to live a wise life. So yeah, we're focusing on the difficult topic of anger. Apparently, the average person gets angry three times a day. Some research suggested it was much higher than that, perhaps up to 15 times a day. Now, I'm sure you're aware of the impact of the consequences that unhealthy anger can have on relationships. You probably know that it can also have a negative impact on our physical health. Some studies have shown that, for some people, there can be raised blood pressure, heart problems, skin, digestive issues, other things that can cause um, problems with their physical health. There's also some evidence that emotionally and spiritually, the impact of long-term anger can be depression, anxiety, stress, and a lack of peace and other fruits of the spirit in people's lives. In recent years, I've worked as a medical educator and mediator, facilitating resolution of conflict situations, particularly in hospital settings. And I've really seen the complexity of issues that are faced and the damaging consequences that anger can have on relationships and also on outcomes. I've also gained a lot of insight about myself and my own challenges with expressing anger constructively. I've greatly needed to unlearn unwise patterns and to learn more Christ-like ways of um, expressing anger with his help. So I wonder, how angry a person are you? So I'm going straight in there with a difficult question this morning. If you were to give yourself a score out of 10, 10 being the most angry and zero being the least angry, where would you put yourself on that range? And what might your friends or your family say about you? Something different? Something the same? It's a difficult question, but we all know, don't we, how angry a person we probably are. When you think about anger, what comes to mind? Well, it's been said that we're living in an age of rage. Road rage, phone rage, social media rage, cue rage. I'm sure that you can think of other examples of situations where you've noticed significant impatience, irritation, frustration, even outbursts happening, even if that's other people you see doing that, not necessarily yourself. But each of us will have things that trigger that spark, that fire of anger within us. I'm not asking for a show of hands with these next questions, but do you sometimes explode and lose your temper verbally or physically? Or do you hold your anger in? Perhaps you smile through gritted teeth, but you're holding on to that grudge you're inwardly seething. Or maybe you show your displeasure through low-grade irritability, tension with others, 
or perhaps you even direct it against yourself, being your own harsh judge, your own harsh jury about what you think you have or haven't done. The uncomfortable thing is we all struggle with anger, yeah? Or we've struggled with it at various points in our lives. And maybe like me, you've often wondered, is there another, a better way to deal with anger? What's God's way? What does he want for us? And so this morning, I'd really like to ask two questions. Firstly, do we get angry about the right things? And secondly, are we angry in the right way? How do we show? How do we express our anger? What does that say about us? And what I'd really love to share with you this morning is that moments of anger can be a gift, a surprising gift, if we're willing to go under the surface to look inside our hearts with God's help, with God's grace, to face up what our anger actually teaches us about ourselves, and then let the Holy Spirit transform our anger into something good for his glory. So firstly, what is wise anger? So I'd like to start looking at that. What does it mean to be angry about the right things? and in the right way. Because if we have a clear picture of this from the Bible, it can really help to act as a mirror then when we want to hold it up against our own pattern of often unwise anger. So firstly, is it ever good and even okay, well, is it ever okay and even good to be angry? Some of us might have been led to believe that anger is wrong, full stop. But we see in the Bible that this isn't true. We're not told not to be angry. In fact, the opposite, somewhat surprisingly. We read this in Ephesians 4. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil a foothold. Unpacking that verse would be a whole sermon in itself, but it does imply, doesn't it, that there are situations when it's right and we do need to be angry, but not to sin in the way that we express it, how we respond in thought or action. So when is this? When should we be moved to anger in the right way? Well, our motivations, our intentions, and our actions need to be aligned with God's heart and his anger. And this quote from Just Disciple says, righteous anger is being angry at all the things that oppose God, so evil, idolatry, impurity, and sin in the world without being motivated by sin. And Proverbs helps us here with this next verse, spelling out what God is against. It says, there are six things that the Lord hates, no seven things he detests. Eyes that are arrogant, a tongue that lies, hands that murder the innocent, a heart that hatches evil plots, feet that race down wicked tracks, a mouth that lies under oath, and a troublemaker in the family. So if these are some of the things that it's right to be angry about, what's the right way to express this anger? What does it look, what does it sound like? And I think the main difference between unwise and wise anger is that God's righteous anger really seeks restoration and change, not destruction. Exodus 34 says, The Lord God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression and sin, 
but who will by no means clear the guilty. And I read somewhere that righteous anger is against the sin, but for the sinner. So against the things that God is opposed to, but for the person. It sows seeds of righteousness where there are none. It takes a stand aligned with the heart of God. Let's see what Proverbs says about wisdom in this area. So there's three Proverbs here. Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offence. So we're told then that it's wise to have self-control, gracious words, wisdom, patience and mercy, and that this brings life, healing and glory to God. What can we learn from elsewhere in the Bible that can help us grow and mature in our understanding of anger? Romans 12 says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it's written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Psalm 34, Seek peace and pursue it. Ephesians 4, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And James 1, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, because human anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Again, that's an amazing verse, so much packed into that. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. So we're called not to seek revenge ourselves, but instead to seek peace. We're to be kind, compassionate, forgiving, and slow to anger. So secondly, what is unwise anger? Let's look at the opposite. And a book that I've read recently by a Christian counsellor called David Powlison, um, this book's called Good and Angry, sums this up helpfully, I think. What is unwise anger? And he says... Problem anger isn't just a personal problem or an emotional problem. It bursts out into interpersonal conflict. Anger is a central feature wherever conflict occurs. Marriages, families, churches, workplaces, neighborhoods, and nations. People use anger to get what they want and to defeat other people. While the courtroom convenes in your mind, the battlefield unfolds before your eyes. Anger is a weapon to coerce, intimidate, and manipulate others, and it's a shield to defend yourself. Let's have a look now at six proverbs that describe unwise anger and how we can recognize that, if we haven't already got a clear picture. So a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Do not say, I'll pay you back for this wrong. Wait for the Lord, and he will avenge you. 
Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. So I'll just leave that second slide up on the screen for a minute as we read here some of the characteristics, some of the consequences of unwise anger. So harsh words, hot temper, foolishness, stirring up conflict, venting, rage, negative influence, revenge, and lacking self-control. So unhealthy anger really seeks to destroy, to control, to win, to get even, to take revenge. And it's often self-centered, as we'll go on to see. Maybe, being honest, you recognize some of those pictures and words given in Proverbs in your own behaviors. I know I certainly do. And there's usually three ways of reacting when we're angry, often referred to as aggressive, passive, and passive-aggressive. So I'll just explain those if you haven't come across that already, just to identify what might be our pattern. So an aggressive reaction can be verbal, physical, or both, moving against someone or something in an attack kind of mode. Have you ever found yourself in the midst of a verbal torrent of harsh words, venting hot temper that Proverbs talked about, and you hear yourself, and a little voice inside you suggests, this is not helpful, but you just keep on going? Maybe it's just me, but I admit I have, and my family have had to have a lot of grace over the years. And then afterwards, what happens? Such remorse, guilt, shame, damaged relationships, and a situation that has not been resolved, probably worse off than it was before. And there's a quote here by Ambrose Bierce, speak when you're angry, and you'll probably make the best speech you'll ever regret. Something triggers our anger, doesn't it? We see red and we lose it. We promise ourselves we won't do it again. We say, I'll be patient, I'll be calm, I'll think before I speak next time. But then we face the same trigger, the same type of um, thing that's triggered us off, and we respond in the same aggressive way. Or maybe you don't vocalize your anger, but you definitely still feel it. Someone says something or does something that hurts or offends you. And passive expression of anger is when you react by withdrawing, walking away from a situation. But you find you can't let it go. What that person has said or done plays repeatedly in your mind and what you wish you'd actually said and done too. And you hold on to those feelings of hurt within you. You say things like, if they cared about me, they wouldn't have done that. And that can lead to long-term resentment, bitterness and unforgiveness. And it's really hard the next time that you see that person, especially if they do the same thing again. Part of you might be secretly proud that you haven't lost your temper, that you've got such self-control. But part of you wishes you could speak up for the better in order to facilitate change. But you just don't know how, or something stops you in the moment from being honest and direct. So passive reaction might look like peacemaking. But by not showing our anger outwardly in a constructive way, we're actually peace-faking because the anger and the thoughts and the feelings are still there under the surface. Some of you might express your anger in other ways. Maybe you slam kitchen drawers or cupboards, I confess to that at times, or sigh loudly, rolling your eyes. Um, maybe a sarcastic comment or two slips out, or you sulk silently. Is that just me? Anyone else ever find themselves putting things down very forcefully? This is the passive-aggressive reaction. So you find yourself thinking, oh, they're just so annoying, I'm not taking it anymore. Um, but you don't say anything. You just try to show the other person how you feel with your pointed actions until they get it or you give up. 
So as you can see, aggressive, passive, and passive-aggressive ways of doing anger tend to um, lead to distance, damage, and destruction. But often these are the only ways we know how. Which of those patterns might you tend towards? And how do we move from unwise to wise anger, from self-centered to self-controlled? There's so much we could cover about this, but in the time we've got left, I'm just going to go briefly under the surface to really increase our awareness and our need for change to help us see what God wants for us instead. So I've got five T's, and those of you who heard my talk a couple of months ago know that I like alliterations. It helps me to remember things. So trigger, treasure, target, transform, and triumph. So how to be angry about the right things and for the right reasons. So firstly, trigger. What's the trigger? So we saw earlier that righteous anger is triggered by things that are against God. And that if we're aligned with God, then we want to stand up against those things too, the things that oppose God. But often this isn't the case if we're honest. Think about the last time you got angry about something. What was the specific thing that set you off? It can really tell you a lot about what ignites the spark of hot temper in your heart. Usually it's something that someone does, says, or doesn't do or say. A facial expression, a tone of voice, a driver's maneuver, waiting in a queue, a comment on social media. So perhaps your anger is actually triggered more about objects that don't function as they should, the printer that doesn't cooperate, the cash machine that swallows your card. What's the meaning that we make when those triggers happen, when we see those triggers? What do we tell ourselves? Is it something like, they're so disrespectful, they don't like me, they're rude, they don't care about me, this equipment is useless? The problem is, is that we often make negative judgments or interpretations of what we've noticed, and we see it as a threat against something in us when in fact there might be another way of looking at it. What might be a different meaning that you could make of the thing that triggered you recently? So for example, I used to teach medical students and one student would repeatedly turn up late for the sessions. So that was the trigger for me. And the meaning I made to myself was that he wasn't being, disrespect he wasn't being respectful of me or the group. And although that's true to an extent, Thankfully, I was able to tune in to that meaning that I was making and ask myself if there was another way of looking at it. Was there something else going on? So instead of reacting angrily after several weeks of this happening, I spent some time speaking with him on his own and found out that he had underlying psychological issues that made it difficult for him to leave his accommodation on time. And that new meaning really shifted my feelings from anger to compassion and enabled me to look at ways to support him so he could get there on time rather than shame him. So we are often triggered, though, by things that are opposing something in us rather than things that oppose God. So just thinking for a moment, what's the trigger for your anger? Secondly, treasure. Once you have clarity on what triggers your anger and the meaning that you've made behind it, I'd really encourage you to look at what's hidden underneath it. Why does that particular trigger and that meaning spark your anger? So think or picture a mythical dragon that breathes fire to protect hidden treasure. 
and the dragon is triggered by someone coming too close that poses a threat. Our anger can be like that. What's the hidden treasure in your heart that you're protecting? And this is a surprising gift of anger that I mentioned earlier. If we can identify what we're protecting in our hearts, it can really show us the root of why we react as we do. And this is often what needs to change internally for our external behavior to change. Now, this takes quite a bit of digging to uncover. You might have a flash of insight, but often we need to sit and really think, what is behind my anger? What's behind? What am I telling myself? What's going on? It may turn out to be a false treasure rather than a God-centered treasure. We all have desires in our hearts, things that we want to happen in life. Usually these are good things, health, happiness, relaxation, positive relationships, and connection with others. We want to be loved, we want to be listened to, and so on. And in the example I just gave, I wanted to be respected by the medical student. And it's not wrong to want those things. It's perfectly fine to ask and hope for those things from others. But sometimes these desires can morph from being a good thing into an idol, something that we have made too important in our hearts. And then when we don't get it, when it's under threat, we become angry in order to try and have what we want. It's changed from a desire to a demand, something that we falsely believe we must have in order to be okay. What is it that you're perhaps demanding of others behind your own unwise anger. Our good desires have changed from something, wanting something, to I must have it, such as I must be respected, I must not be wrong, I must be seen to be important. Everything must go as I planned it, that's a key one for me. Everyone around me must be safe. And James says this in James 4, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the desires that battle within you? You desire, but you don't have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Let's look again at the book Good and Angry, because I think this explains it well. So anger comes from your deepest motives. Underlying desires and beliefs are always at work. Motives run far deeper than our conscious thoughts. We often feel, think, and act without, and react without being aware of our motives. But they are the organizing center of who you are and what you live for, your treasure. The smallest incident of irritation or the merest lingering bitterness reveals vast truths about you if you're willing to look. And anger can be what I call a secondary emotion. What do I mean by that? Well, there's usually fear or sadness behind anger. Fear of not having those desires met that become so important to us, our heart's treasure. And I saw this in the emergency department many years ago when I worked there as a junior doctor. Patients would sometimes become angry due to the long delays. Perfectly understandable. In in many ways, it's really hard to wait, isn't it, when you're in pain or you're unwell. But behind their angry response, often abusive, verbal torrents, was fear. Fear of what the diagnosis might be. Fear of deterioration. Or if it was the family sadness seeing their relative in that situation. 
And it was much easier for me to respond in a constructive way to that anger when I could see the fear, the sadness, rather than their raw anger. So as we review our anger to, hear, to, to understand the hidden treasure, we can ask God to exchange any fears, pain, motives, or desires about things that we've made too important in our hearts, and to receive his treasure of forgiveness, of mercy and grace that he freely gives and that we can then point others to. So we've looked at how to be angry about the right things and for the right reasons, the trigger and the treasure. Now let's think about how to be angry in the right way. So firstly, when we're angry, what are we targeting? That's the third T. This is often how we notice that we're angry in the first place. We catch ourselves taking action, don't we, on something or someone or even on ourselves. What or who do you tend to take your anger out on typically? Well, mature, wise anger we've seen is direct and honest. It's targeting the wrongdoing face on. But at the same time, it's restorative through being gracious and merciful to the person, sowing seeds of righteousness. So are we focusing, are we targeting our wise anger in a loving, patient, self-controlled way on the issue in hand, primarily on the behavior, the principles that are against God and his ways? Or if we're honest, are we showing attitudes of judgment, self-righteousness, superiority and pride, looking down on others, seeking to control or even manipulate them in order to get what we want. And then the fourth T, transform, in terms of how to be angry in the right way. So we need to know, don't we, that as disciples of Jesus, no matter our starting point or what our anger says about us, we can turn to him to find help and the Holy Spirit um, can really transform and heal us so that we can be angry in the right way. We don't have to do this on our own and I'm really glad about that because it's one of those things that can be a real struggle. So Ephesians 4 tells us, put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, we haven't focused today on the Gospels to see how Jesus demonstrated wise anger. And also when he chose not to respond in anger when he could have done. And if you're not familiar with those accounts, I'd really invite you to spend some time reading through the Gospel accounts of Jesus and how he did and didn't do anger What characterized that? You'll see that his moments were full of honesty, wisdom, self-control, mercy, and grace. He spoke out. He took a stand, sometimes disrupting false peace in order to protect God's treasure. Which of Jesus' qualities perhaps strikes you as something that you need for your own anger to be transformed? You can ask God for that specifically. Many of us need his courage, I think, to be able to speak up well and with humility against the things that actually oppose God. To be peacemakers, not peace fakers. So we might want to spend some time reflecting on our anger in silence and solitude, and we'll do some ministry time in a a short while. 
praying for insight and guidance about what we need. Perhaps we need to remind ourselves of the Proverbs that instruct us and to be honest about what's really in our hearts. Another quote from David Powlison on this. He says, the most high God, his higher law, his loving mercies and his higher purpose transform anger. Something miraculous happens when I no longer say, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth. My motives no longer operate in the God usurping mode. The mercy that humbles us begins to master us and my universe returns to reality. And this doesn't mean you never get upset, but the essential inner logic of anger changes. And the final T then, what would it mean to triumph over your unwise anger, to overcome your unwise anger? I believe this is what God wants for each one of us to bring him glory. What relationships would be restored for you? What difference would it make to your physical health as well as your emotional health to do anger well? How would it change the way that others see Jesus in you? And I think in order to triumph, we're called to be a non-anxious presence in our anger, to be intentional about pursuing peace and righteousness like Jesus was, to be God-centered, self-controlled, to bring hope, to bring joy, to bring encouragement and grace to the world around us. So in summary, as disciples of Jesus, we want to be angry both about the right things and respond with anger in the right way. And a verse from Micah. This is a great prayer of transformation for triumph. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So trigger, treasure, target, transform, and triumph. Those are things I think understanding those can really help transform and lead to that um, triumph. Thank you for listening to the Whole Vineyard podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to wholevineyard.co.uk forward slash connect. And stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church. Go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.